Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Shooting the Sports Podcast with Ebony and Ivory. My name's John, I'm the Ebony. And my name is Nick, and I'm the Ivory. Welcome to episode one. We've been talking a while about starting a podcast here, and we finally got around to sitting down to record it. We apologize for any of the audio issues that we're going to have today. Um, it's our first episode, you know, things aren't going to be perfect, but you live and you learn. Just make, just make sure to blame Nick for all of it. Of course, of course, you know, I'm the I'm the producer of this, so yeah, of course, just blame me. <laughs> uh, based on the title of it, you know, Shooting Sports, I'm sure you've already guessed that, you know, we're a sports talk podcast. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything, um, you know, we're not just tied down to one sport, you know, we'll say, talk about everything from golf to swimming, uh, basketball, hockey, we're going to, we're going to cover everything. Um, hopefully Although we, we do have our favorites. On. We do have our favorites, yeah. I mean, I'm more of a basketball guy, I know you're more of a, more of a football guy, um, you used to swim back in the day, you know, I play a lot of golf, so, you know, we're, we're very well-rounded. Way back in the day, make me sound that old. Well, it, longer than you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and like I was saying, we're we're hoping to have a few guests on the show at some point in the future. Um, you know, that's our ultimate goal. We want to get a few people that we know from, you know, back when we met in college. Um, who knows? Who knows who we'll get? You know, one step at a time, though. Let's let's get through the first episode and see where things go. You know. So what do we got on the first episode, Nick? First episode, we're going to talk about some Masters, um, which just got underway here a couple hours ago. Um, I know I've been watching a little bit of it here at the start. Um, we're going to preview some NBA playoffs. They'll start, I think, next Tuesday. And then we're going to also talk about a little recent rivalry that happened um, that's pretty near and dear to both of our hearts. Um, but we also we do want to start off this episode, though. Um, I want to give a shout-out to the ZB&J podcast, my buddy Johnny Rockford. Um, I got a lot of inspiration from him to, you know, even do this. He started a podcast with a couple of his buddies. They talk about, you know, things that they enjoy. And I figured, you know, we should do that as well. You know, we've been, we pretty much do this anyway. So why not, why not record it and see if other people enjoy what we have to talk about? Don't sell yourself short. We at least do this an hour and a half a day. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Sometimes longer than I like to admit, but, you know. <laughs> um, but, no, we're going to start this off with a little background on the both of us, um, how we met, you know, what teams we root for and stuff, just so you guys kind of know, like, where we stand on things. Uh, John, you want to get us started off here? Yeah, I'll get us started. So um, me and uh, Ivory, Nick, actually met in college. We're college roommates for a long time. Not really sure how we uh, – survived that without killing each other but you know hey uh i think sports is the main reason would you agree with that nick yeah oh for sure for sure yeah so um my background i am like i like nick said i am a college uh former college swimmer um but you know i've always been a huge sports fan uh dad was in the military so we moved around a lot so my uh sports team cover a lot um starting with basketball you know i grew up a lakers fan first uh jersey that was ever put on me as a child was a kareem abdul jabbar um, then we grew up in Maryland, you know, for the later half of my high school years. So definitely root for the Baltimore Orioles when it comes to baseball, Washington Capitals when it comes to, uh, hockey. And, uh, I'm a huge Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan when it comes to, uh, football. I actually, uh, my dad, when we were stationed in Tampa, uh, took us to a, uh, training camp one year and I got to meet Warren Sapp and just kind of fell in love from there. Just recently got into college football, I would say about five, six years ago. I want to back um, up a second. I, I do want to say I can vouch for him. He has been a Bucks fan <laughs> since long before Tom Brady came around. 
Thank you. I, I am a pre-Tom Brady Buccaneers fan, just so we are all clear on that. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> didn't get into college football until about five, six years ago when one of the guys I worked with in Texas, his nephew was actually Jamal Adams, and started following LSU from there. And then, uh, of course, no surprise, anyone who knows me and Nick and our friendship uh, when it comes to college basketball, I uh, I support the uh, better of our two teams as uh, the UNC Tar Heels. Yeah, well, that's that's debatable. That's Everything's up for debate on this show. I uh, I don't even know if I know the answer to this question, but you uh, who do you pull for in soccer? You pull for anybody specific? I don't pull for anyone specific. You know, I do enjoy the World Cup. Uh, I enjoy my soccer games every now and then, but uh, no one specific when it comes to soccer. Just enjoy watching a good game. Okay. All right. I, yeah, what about you, Nick? I, well, me, I. Started off, I got into sports, man, when I was about seven. My grandpa took me to my first basketball game, um, the Rockford Lightning. They were part of the CBA. Just great memories there. Um, I was a ball boy for them for, I think, like seven years. Um, then the last two years before they seized operations, I was on the scores table. Uh, CBA used to run the quarter points. So every quarter, you know, they'd add up the points. Whoever scores the most gets one point, three points for a win. That's kind of how they did their standings back then. Um, so I ran the quarter scoreboard, and uh, yeah, man, that was some of the best memories ever. But first first team that I really started pulling for was the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, I'm from Illinois, so I did grow up a Bulls fan, but once Michael Jordan left, I you know, that was kind of it for me. But Minnesota Timberwolves, Kevin Garnett, my grandpa and I were huge fans of his. Um, so I've just, and just I've so we're clear, him. Michael Jordan played for what team in college, Nick? Yeah, he 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 was a Tar Heel, but again, he was on the wrong side, like you said, on the wrong side of that rivalry. Um, but I, you know what? I'll give him credit, though. I'll give him credit. He definitely made the right choice in playing for Dean Smith. That was that was that was a good call. I'll give him credit where credit's due. I respect Dean Smith, but that's about all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, as far as baseball goes, though, Cubs. Um, I root for the Twins on and off. Um, but always been a diehard Cubs fan. Blackhawks fan, you know, being from Illinois, I was at their championship parade a few years back, and it was a hell of a memory. Um, waking up at like 3, 4 a.m. to catch the train into Chicago for a two-and-a-half-minute parade. Great memories. Great memories. Uh, NFL, football, Vikings fan. Love my Vikings. Skull. College football, Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner, baby. You know how we get down. <laughs> Yeah, always there at the end. Always the bridesmaids, but never always bride. the bridesmaid, never bride. That's how we get down. Yeah. Uh, soccer, man. I pull for Real Madrid. Our buddy in college, Enrique. He uh, he kind of got me hooked on them back in the day, and I've been a fan of theirs ever since. Even after even after Ronaldo left, I'm, I still pull for him. Um, but yeah, and like you said, you pull for, in your opinion, the better side of the the rivalry, but. Anybody that knows me, I think they know that uh, the one thing they always associate with me is being a diehard Duke fan. That's just kind of a gimme. <laughs> but uh, yeah, since the since the Masters, though, let's uh, let's get into that a little bit. That that just kicked off a few hours ago. Um, I think somebody's somebody's playing today, if I remember right. Do you know who that is? Yeah, a little little guy by the name of Tiger Woods, you know, by five oh, green right. jackets, you know, that, that guy. Five green jackets, yeah, yeah, going for number six, going for number six. 
To me, yeah, I man, think what, you... what what was the most meaningful for me was just being able to see him walk down the green after his first tee. You know, we all know that there's no expectations as far as Tiger. Obviously, he's one of the truest competitors we're ever going to meet, and you know he's going to do everything he can to win the Masters. But Absolutely. being able to see him come back from what you know an accident that he should have lost his life, not only his leg, and to watch him walk down the green, not you know 15, 16 months after, is just remarkable and goes to show you you know where we're at medically wise too in today's world unbelievable yeah i i've seen um an interview yesterday with alex smith and you know we all know he had a just a horrific leg injury and almost died from a infection afterwards but um he even said it's unbelievable what he's doing he said you know i was having trouble walking so many months in he goes and this guy's out here playing in the masters this weekend 13 months later like that's just unheard of um so yeah hats off to him man i hope i hope he does i hope he does well i really do i'm pulling for him i mean although i i I gotta say i i don't think he's gonna play after today i i really don't i just there's something that tells me that he doesn't want to risk missing the cut he at least wants to give the fans a show and i don't personally believe his body can hold up through four rounds it's one of the toughest golf courses to walk but hey i I hope he proves me wrong i really do i think he does simply just because you know he he, he's tiger um you know and we everything we have medically now with not only his you know momentum and his adrenaline pumping but you know the quick medical turnaround um you know we, we spoke about this yesterday i feel like if he's in contention you know, within the first two rounds that he's going to play all four rounds because then you get into um, him having a later tee time on Saturday and Sunday. So that extra time for recovery, um, I think a lot of it will be determined on kind of after how he's feeling after today, um, walking the full 18. But I'll be honest with you, watching him this morning and the way he's walking and the way he's dialed in, uh, you you wouldn't be able to tell he was uh, in a life life altering no. uh, car accident about 15 months ago. No, I seen him hit a few of those shots, and he hit one absolutely perfect, straight as an arrow. And I'm pretty sure the ball hit the hole. I mean, it was just, he almost hold out. It did. It it, it 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 ringed out the the, yeah. the agony. And you you want to hear you want to hear the Sunday roar of a Masters on a Thursday? Go ahead and watch. Go Google that and watch that shot. That was yeah. That whole place was ready to explode on a. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, one thing that I love, and uh, I, I think they quoted on him on the Masters this morning, was, uh, you know, did I forget how to play the game of golf? No. And even though my leg was injured, I did not forget how to use my hands. Absolutely. Yeah, he said, I still got my hands. My hands still work. And yeah, he I seen him put a couple very, very close. Very close. So other than Tiger, which obviously, you know, if you're a sports fan, no one's betting, truly betting against Tiger. But realistically, um, who are you looking at as far as a couple favorites to win the Masters? Yeah, no, for the record, I definitely put money on Tiger Woods to win. I mean, how could you, how could you not? How could you not, you know? <laughs> um, my my Masters winner, man, I I like Scotty Scheffler, man. He's been He's been hot lately, like. I'm pretty sure he's finished top 10. I don't remember if it was three straight or if it's three so far this year in the first couple. But, yeah, look that up. That's I know Scotty Scheffler has been playing very well. Um, just took over number one in the world because um, he's been playing so well lately. I just 
he's got momentum right now, and I don't know. Golf's a weird sport, man. Like, it's it's not like basketball or football where you get a little momentum and your you know your team's taking over. You could have momentum, but then you could just play like shit the next week, you know. So. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, he's got he's played 12 events this year. Six of those were top 10, three wins. Yeah. Three wins. Wow. I Wow. Okay. So I misread that then. Yeah. That's even better than. Yeah. So I I think Scotty Scheffler, man. He's He's been I don't know where he's at right now. I think he's he's top 5 right now. I think he's one under a couple back. By the way, Tiger's got even a... par right now. Through, uh, nine For me, holes. I've got a couple ones. Um, you know, I really liked what I'm seeing from John Rahm. Um, always a favorite. Um, I mean, the guy's got you know four top tens at the Masters alone, and you know as well as I do what a difficult, brutal course that is. Yeah. But um, you know, if I if I'm being real honest, I think this is the year uh, Kopka pushes it through. I mean, for me, I just Brooksy. Yep, kept. Yeah, All I right. think it's Brooksy. Okay. I mean, I look at what he's done. You know. 15 top 10s in his last 22 starts, 11 top 5s, 4 overall wins. I mean, the momentum's there for him. He's always been knocking on the door at the Masters, just couldn't put it together. Brooksy's um, always knocking on the door at almost any tournament, though, really. He's, he is. He's I, I think he pushes it through. Um, after watching Tiger Woods this morning, I will say my dark horse is a 23-year-old uh, by the name of Joaquin Neum. Um, he seems dialed in. Neiman. He, he looked, Neiman. Neiman. Appreciate it. Um, he just looks dialed in. Um, he's he's hitting shots that you wouldn't expect from a twenty three year old. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of the newcomers, younger people, just like to smack the ball uh, down the green and hope for the best. Where he's he's moving the ball right to left. He he's bringing it up and down. And uh, I, I'd definitely be interested in watching him. So I'm gonna go ahead and throw his name out there for my dark horse. And honestly, if he can make it through the first round and shoot a good score playing with Tiger Woods, I mean the the kids. Should be able to go out the next three rounds, no problem in play, you know. Oh, 100%. But, 100%. I, you know, you mentioned Brooksy. I do I do want to mention, though, that he's got a little rivalry or friendly rivalry with uh, Bryson DeChambeau. And I, I do have to say, I do fall on the Bryson side. I I pull for Bryson. Um, and I'm actually, I don't know if you got a sleeper pick or not, but I'm picking Bryson as my sleeper pick. He's been out for the last couple months. Um, I think they said he slipped and fell, hurt his hip and his hand. Um, but he's recovered now, and with well, Joe is going to be my dark horse just because no one's yeah, ever really I, yeah, okay, listened to okay. him. Um, you know, like I, I just I just know. watching I, I him compared to Tiger Woods. Dark horse though, because he's he's played very well for the last couple of years, and even though I, I guess yeah, you could see him as a dark horse because he's so young. But I mean, I think everyone's a dark horse if you haven't won a Masters jacket and haven't finished a, in a true. top ten there. True, that's that's not an easy course, but I mean, just the way Bryson, the way he hits the ball, man. He's 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 the guy. Uh, if he can if he can use his length and and putt well, he's going to be really hard to beat. Really oh, one hundred percent. So I'm I'm definitely interested in seeing that. Um, but uh, next week, we'll I think we're talking about the results of the Masters, so we'll be able to get oh, yeah. into a little we'll, bit we'll more detail about that. that. We'll talk about the surprising finishers and things like that for sure, for sure. So are you ready to switch gears? I know you're. Are you, are you recovered? Are you still good from Final Four weekend? Or are you ready to? Are you ready to talk about it? No, but let's let's just let's just jump into it and get it over with. Uh, you know, as everybody heard at the beginning, we. Uh, I'm a Duke fan. He's a Carolina fan. Uh, it's kind of ironic when we found that out once we became roommates that uh, 
that that was the case. That was that was always fun. Uh, my personal opinion, you know, it's the greatest rivalry in all the sports. Um, for sure, Agreed. the greatest rivalry in college basketball. No, I mean just hands down. Um, I'd take it over Yankees, Red Sox, Lakers. I think Celtics. that was solidified during Final Four weekend, if anything. Yeah, I mean that place was packed. <laughs> that place was packed. Um, it, I mean, it what hurt, other man. sports? What other sports game do you know that a major country music star like Eric Church cancels an entire concert just to watch that game? That was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. I loved reading that. Even though he's a Carolina fan, I respect the hell out of that guy for doing that. That was awesome. That was awesome. But, you know, it it, it sucked, though. But even going back further in the Final Four, uh, you know, your boys ruined ruined Coach K's final home game, man. How... uh. I want to know, I haven't even asked you this yet. I want to know, how did you feel going into that game? I didn't ask you that um, before, because we didn't actually talk about the game for like, once we found out we were playing each other, we didn't even really talk yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of weird. Had, <laughs> I had two different feelings on that, right? Obviously, going into it, you know, I'm a huge Carolina fan. I'm always going to go Carolina over Duke no matter what, but I'm, I like to think I'm more of a realistic Carolina fan, and I know when someone has our number. Um, going into that game, I just wanted us to keep it close. You know, I felt like all the momentum was with Duke after getting blown out, you know, a couple weeks earlier. Um, you know, but I, I, our team definitely turned the tide. And I think one of the major things goes into it, and you and I talk about it all the time, is momentum in sports. You know, we we were coming off some pretty good wins, and we had everything everything to win and nothing to lose going into that. You know, it yeah. was almost kind of like Coach K was already being crowned the winner of that game. And UNC wasn't given a chance, and, you know, going into it, um, we decided to do what we do best, which is actually let our big man play, and then, of course, you know, Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, they just did their thing, and, you know, once they're locked in, good luck stopping them. Absolutely, and, and yeah, I told you that when the bracket came out, you know, we talked about where we thought Carolina was going to fall, and I said, if the two of them play well, you're going to be tough to beat, because we know Baycott's going to do his thing, we know Manic's going to hit shots. Leaky Black's going to defend. Yeah, it's uh, it sucked, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm still, I'm still upset about it. But I will say, going into the Final Four game, you know, you you always expect these games to live up to the hype, but they never do. Um, I I swear to you, I thought we were watching a heavyweight boxing match with Duke and Carolina in the Final Four. Oh, for sure. Every. We would go on a run. Duke would go on a run. We were hitting shots. You would hit shots. I think there was one where I literally looked at one of my friends I was watching. I was like, this is a heavyweight fight because it literally – man, it came down, hit a three from the corner. The crowd went wild, and not ten seconds later, Paulo comes down, hits one right at the front of the key, and it, it was just – it was a great game, heavyweight fight. I, yeah, I don't I was, think could have asked for much more. I was literally up out of my seat and then sitting back down and then up out of my seat, sitting back down just over and over. It was all night long. It was – you know, might be a biased opinion, but <laughs> I think that was the greatest basketball game I've ever seen. I mean, it was unbelievable. Just the stakes of everything, being a Final Four matchup, the you know throw in that it's a Duke Carolina rivalry game, um, potentially Coach K's last game, which it obviously turned out to be. Um, just you throw all of that together, and that was, and the game was great. Like you said, you know the game was great, the ending was great, it was close all the way through. I mean, it was just. You can't top it. You couldn't get much better than that. Um, for me, the takeaways, 
for me, the takeaway on the on the Carolina side was just seeing the difference in Roy Williams and Hubert Davis. You know, I think that game for me truly showed what kind of coach Hubert Davis is going to be. You know, um, if you're a Tar Heel fan or you follow the Tar Heels, you know, a lot of what we do is, you know, we recruit the biggest men that we can and we just bully you down low. And uh, we still had that in Baycott, but just watching how our guards really took over and R.J. Davis and Caleb Love. And, I mean, honestly, having Manic was probably one of the smartest decisions we could have ever got coming off a transfer because, I mean, that man was just electric. Yeah, you you know he was supposed to come to Duke, right? I mean, he was supposed to, but we see where he ended up. Yeah, well, I guess he did make the right choice. He did make it to a national title or national title game, so, you know. He did, he did. It is what it is. I've heard some rumors, though. Duke's looking at a couple uh, couple graduate transfers, a couple transfers next year. Um, one of the guys, I think he played for TCU, averaged like 18 a game. So looking forward to that. You know, we're uh, you already know we got the top five class coming, or top class coming in, three in the top five. I think all three of them were in the running or in the finals for National Player of the Year. One of them won it. Um, shout out to Reek Whitehead. Yeah, and I mean, man. obviously, you know, yeah, being Duke and Carolina, year, yeah. doing Duke, being Duke and Carolina fans, you know, it's always championship or bust. So, you know, I definitely wish we would have been able to finish it off. Um, you know, definitely not going to make any excuses. You know, a lot of a lot of the chatter I've been hearing is, you know, oh, Baycott slipped. If he was in, you know, the last couple minutes, we we would have won. I mean, in my opinion, up by 15 on Kansas going into halftime, it never should have been that close. No the end. excuse. No excuse. But I will um, say about that no, floor, can't. I watched that replay, and you could probably take any slow motion shot of a player running down court and planting his foot, and the court's probably going to do that in any slow motion shot you find during any point of the game. I, oh yeah, I mean, I didn't read too much. That. They have a little bit of I give. I didn't read too much into it, and to be honest with you, and maybe you can look this up. I do recall that was the same ankle he injured uh, a couple days before. Yes, it was with yeah, Duke it was Carolina. The right, it was okay. the right ankle. So I mean, it was already swollen. Yeah. Um, you know, he he was a gladiator. He toughed it out, but I mean, you know, his ankle was probably uneasy was as it as it he was. was. A beast. Um, you know, he made a cut and just came down wrong. You know, there's nothing we can do we can do about that. But, but I he mean, had like 21 rebounds against us in the final four. Exactly, Unreal. but I mean, Unreal. just to allow just to allow them to come back from down 15 you know we're we're dominating um you know Kansas going on a 20 to 6 run in the beginning of the second half it was just ridiculous yeah and I don't know if you saw it but after after that whole thing came I out, saw it no 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 the the whole thing when it when it came out about him stepping on the floor and the floor giving out the um the company that actually produces that floor and makes that floor they came out and said that they had a representative at that game and he inspected the floor immediately after the game, and there was nothing wrong with that tile. I mean, I get that. Um, you know, I again, I didn't look too much into it. Um, but if we're being honest, of course, every representative is going to say there's nothing wrong with the tile. I'm not saying there was. Of I don't course. think there was. Yeah. But I mean, of you, course, I mean, point. every yeah. company, every representative is going to come out and say, oh, no, there was nothing wrong with the tile floor because the the, the repercussions from that would just be Facts. too great. Facts. It's almost like when... When Zion blew out the blew out the his foot out of the Nike and <laughs> Nike was like, well, yeah, the shoe was was fine. He just, you know, he's that's that's a lot of a lot of force coming through the shoe. <laughs> the average person isn't gonna do that. But and then stories started coming out from everywhere of people exploding through their through their Nikes. 
Exactly, exactly, which you will know all about that, uh, given you uh, guys had someone that actually came out of your shoe a couple years back by the name of Zion Williamson. That's what I'm talking about, yeah, he, uh, yeah, Nike, Nike had their hands full, that was a, oh god, that was a PR nightmare for them, <laughs> that was terrible, <laughs> but no, so you guys beat us, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to rub it in too much, because, you know, you guys got the last laugh, you made it to the to the natty. You know, you guys played Kansas, like we were just saying. You had a 15-point lead. Um, what happened, man? Like, other than other than not hitting shots, I mean, you guys were 5 for 23 from 3. That was god-awful. That was almost like us against you guys. But Well, I mean, have you seen Kansas' team? They have a have. team full of a bunch of grown men. I they have. bullied us. That's exactly what they did. They decided to go down low, and when Baycott was coming out in the midst of foul trouble and – you you put manic on grown men like that, you know it's that's what's going to happen. We're going, we got bullied down low. Yeah, you did, you did. And a little side note for a minute that uh, McCormick from uh, from Kansas, David McCormick. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, that yeah, guy? yeah, yeah, the, the big guy. Yeah, the the grown the, man that you guys played against. The 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 one that bullied us. Yeah, yeah. that one. So I, I read a good story on him the other day. Um, when he was in eighth grade in 2014, so about eight years ago. He actually attended a, a football camp at Duke, and the coaches named him a rising freshman. And they told his mom, "Please make sure your son your son stays, you know, stays in football." And she said, "Well, well, he's in eighth grade." <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, this kid in eighth grade was six foot seven and weighed over three hundred pounds." I'm telling you, what are they feeding these as kids a freshman, as a eighth grade kid? He went into his freshman year over 300 pounds and standing 6'7". He's now 6'10". Years. He's 6'10", 250 right now. So I'm 32 years old, and I never even hit any of those stats. Like, what are they feeding the Not even nowadays? close. I mean, I've what only known a handful of people that are even 6'7", first of all. I've only, met, I've only even met, again, a handful of people that are over 300 pounds. So, yeah, to have to be both of those, like, that's just that's unbelievable. But, I mean, yeah, like you were saying, though, you're playing against grown men. I mean, the kid was 6'7", 310 pounds in eighth grade and has filled out that body with nothing but muscle over the last eight years. I mean, good luck. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> we'll see him in the NBA next year, kid. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's not coming back. We'll see him in the NBA next no, year, kid. No, he has no reason to come back. He has no reason to come back. He put up, what, 15 and 10 on you guys? Um, had a great year. Uh, put up what was it? Ten and seven, almost eleven and seven. Shot over fifty percent from the field. Just it's not hard to shoot fifty over fifty percent when you're right at the basket, just pushing us back. Well, like no, the, but like being that big and being able to have those skills, I mean, that's that's great. But I, I do have to say though, the one thing 100%. I think hurt you guys the most. One thing I hurt you the most. It's hard to win college basketball games just playing six people, five or six people. That's tough. R.J. Davis played all 40. Baycott only sat two minutes, and those were the two minutes he got hurt. Manic only sat four minutes the whole game. Caleb Love only sat four minutes. I mean, it's that's tough. That's tough. Granted, granted, Kansas really only ran six guys as well, but they brought in a few other guys that played a couple minutes here and there to even give their guys a couple minutes rest, and I think I think that was the key. That was, I, think I mean, I agree with you. Gas. I mean, it's... 
It's it's hard to I agree and disagree. Um, just simply because that's what we ran all year. Obviously, our conditioning was there for us to be able to run six all year. You know, that's how we got to the point where we were at for better, for worse, you know, obviously, you know, we didn't get off to the best start of the season and everything like that. But, you know, um, I definitely think if we had a little bit more depth, it would have helped us. But I mean, it, it's hard to say we ran out of gas simply because we had, we, that's what we were running all year. I, I simply think uh, our defense let up a lot, obviously, you know, with the 20 to six run that Kansas took and, you know, where in times maybe we should have slowed the ball down to kind of stop the momentum. We kind of just kept running with it and ended up playing Kansas game for a lot of the first part of the second half. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I can't say I felt bad for you guys because I didn't. But Well, obviously, you know, yeah. we, were just, we, we just beat your beloved Coach K twice. Yeah. Well, Dad, what a, can we just talk about him for a second? Like, what a career, but what a way to go out. Like, if you just think about that for a second, not only did he lose to Virginia towards the end of the regular season there, which was just, that was a god-awful loss. Let's just call it what it is. But then we don't win ACC tournament, and then we get beat by you guys to end but the you season know as in the well, Final Four? Yeah, but, Come on. but you know what? You know as well as I do. That's a hell of a um, way to go out. It is, but let's be honest. We we both know records don't matter when it comes to UNC and Duke rivalries. We could be at the bottom of the ACC. You guys could be at the bottom of the ACC. Absolutely. You guys could be at the top. It, it it it's pride, and for me, that's why it's the greatest rivalry in sports. It's it's never about you know championships. Obviously, even though we're always going to want to brag at who has more, but when it comes down to just the fundamentals of the game, it's about pride and. Who, who has the edge that year and who's going to say, hey, we beat you this year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you like you said, it's it's always a good game no matter what. Um, just look at the year. Look at the year we had. We had Zion and, and R.J. Barrett, you know, like I I think anybody will agree that we had the better team that year. Like hands down, we had the better team. I agree. Um, Talent-wise, 100%. We just, yeah, we were a lot better that year, but you guys beat us. Yes, Zion got hurt the one game, but the second game he played, I mean, it, you know, it was a good, it was a good game, regardless of who was playing and the talent difference. I mean, you look back, you guys did have, uh, I think you still had Nasir Little. Um, didn't you have, what was the big guy's name? Luke May hit the big shot for you guys in the championship. Yes, we did. And Luke May. I mean, yeah. You had a big team, Garrison Brooks. I think you had that year, too. I mean, you guys had some big guys. But talent-wise, we were just better. But, yeah, like you said, man, Duke Carolina, it's always close. And I mean, we could have, even next year, like, our talent's probably going to be a lot better than yours on paper. But I wouldn't be surprised if the, both of the games we play next year are within five or six points both times. So you want to shift gears, uh, since we're on the topic of basketball, shift gears to professional, go NBA? Yeah, let's do it. We uh, we got some regular season, actually, finishes up Sunday, doesn't it? Playoffs start Tuesday? It does. does. I believe, only, I believe teams only have about two or three games left. Yeah. Um, playoffs start Tuesday, but somebody's missing. Um, and I'm just gonna. Oh, we don't have to talk about that. Yeah, we no, we're gonna we're that. gonna talk about it. We had to talk we, we about talk we had about to talk about Carolina. Um, so we're gonna talk about what happened to your Lakers, man. What happened to your Lakers? 
I mean, the easier question to answer would be what didn't happen to our happen to my Lakers. Like that would be the easier question to answer. Um, it was your typical LeBron roster. It was full of old veterans that you know couldn't get it together. Yeah, we got the championship in the bubble, and you know, and you and I talked about this a while ago, way before we even traded for Russell Westbrook. When um when there were rumors chasing around that we could have gotten Buddy Hield, should have been Buddy Hield. I, I truly, I, I I truly believe it should have been Buddy Hield. I should've said that to you Heald. then, and I'll say it to you now. Yep. Um, Ru- Russell Westbrook uh, creates his own shot. As does LeBron. Um, when you have two guys that create their own shot, it's, it's really hard to feed. You know, when you look at LeBron James' past teams, like, you know, the Miami Heat, for instance, Ray Allen and Chris Bosh, you know, you you had Allen that could hit that three-pointer. He was yep. dangerous from deep. Yep. Um, you had Chris Bosh that, you know, LeBron and Ray Allen could feed into that. Westbrook didn't have that. He doesn't play off the ball. Well, he and, has and to it's have not the even, ball in his hand. It's to not create. even just Westbrook. Let's not let's not blame Westbrook. I mean, when your best no, three-point option is Malik Monk hitting 39%, that's tough. Well, I mean, there's so that's many tough. different op- ways we could go, and it's just not that. I mean, AD can stay healthy, but, you know, I, I, I bring up the point because I was looking at stats. We were still three games, I believe three or four games, you can fact-check me, three or four games under 500 when AD was healthy. When we had Russell Westbrook, so it wasn't like AD's health was the complete blame in all of this. No. Um, Russell Westbrook has been playing lights out the last, you know, couple weeks, and we're still not winning games. Well, and here's um, the thing, though, realistically about Westbrook. <laughs> when you guys traded for him, I think everybody kind of knew what, they're, what they were getting. You know, when you trade for a guy like Russell Westbrook, you know you're getting a guy that's not a great shooter, a guy that's probably going to turn the ball over, but a guy that's going to play 110% every night. Now, I will say this. And I don't even know if you knew this or not. Did you know that he played the most games on your team this year? I'm not surprised by it, considering how an injury riddled Well, not our, just the injuries, uh, but, but even with all the injuries, he played 78 games this year. Again, I'm not surprised by that. It's but it's the fact of the matter. It, it comes down to the type of personnel. You know, like, it, it, you have everyone that thinks you can just stick a bunch of superstars together and think they're going to figure it out. But at the end of the day, it's about how you play together. And the fact of the matter is Russell Westbrook and LeBron James play very similar. One just happens to be, you know, a decorated future Hall of Famer and can just do anything on God's green earth. And the other one is a triple-double machine. But the fact of the matter is they both still create their own shot. And when you have two players like that that demand the ball, there's not enough of the ball to go around. And, you know, I think that was our downfall. Like I said, I think we need to go a little bit younger. I definitely expect our roster to get blown up this summer with the exception of LeBron, uh, AD, and Russell Westbrook just because of contract, um, contractual issues. There's no way we're moving on from any of them. No. Um, so I, I think we just need to blow up our roster, go younger, go uh, more speed. And, you know, obviously, are you listening to me, Laker management? Are you listening? Give me a three-point shooter. Please, for the love of God, give me a three-point shooter. I, I just still don't understand how it, how you can build a team around LeBron James and not give him shooters. Like with LeBron's let's, game has been no, let's, the same let's ever be since honest. he started. That's not a fair point. How can we build a team? LeBron James built that team. And anyway, <laughs> come on. Come on. You, you believe it that? Wasn't you, you're on, Vogel, you're, you're it wasn't Frank Vogel. It wasn't Genie Buzz. <laughs> it wasn't our GM. LeBron James built that team. And he as did. a result, Frank Vogel is probably did. going to get fired because of it. And I don't believe he should, even though he won an NBA championship in what was the weirdest NBA fi- um, playoffs 
in the bubble. But yeah, like anyone who knows, LeBron built that team. Yeah, it was it, it, it wasn't Genie's idea to call up Carmelo Anthony and be like, "Hey, uh, no, come play no, with no, AD no, and LeBron." No, no, no. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. You know, if if people thought Carmelo was that good, he would have already been signed before LeBron called him up. So let's be real for a exactly. second. Exactly. LeBron built that team. Um, obviously LeBron's going to get his scapegoat and Frank Vogel. Um, you know, I still love LeBron, love what he's done for the game, love him as a Laker, but let's call a spade a spade. LeBron handpicked that team and these are the results. I do feel like we should have been, we should have kept KCP or, you know, if we were able to, um, you know, um, just anyone who could shoot. I, I wasn't a fan of the fact that we, you know, traded Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. Yeah, but hey, let's let's give LeBron his credit though, man. Thirty-seven years old. Yes, he only played fifty-six games, but still, it's still pretty impressive at thirty-seven. Average oh, thirty I'm not, I'm points taking a game nothing over thirty away. a game at thirty-seven. I'm taking nothing away from LeBron the player, but you know the what's the old phrase? Players playing, coaches coach. Uh, that that that's just not something in LeBron's DNA, and we've seen it backfire multiple times more recently this year. Yeah. So yeah. And if he, uh, speaking of LeBron, though, if he if he really wants to play with this kid for at least one year, you realize that puts him at, I think my math is right, 40 years old, the year that his son is a rookie. LeBron will be 40 playing in the NBA. I mean, it's just another time <laughs> I know his kid, I think his kid's as far got as I'm concerned. At least two more years left. So he'll be a senior next but, year, then he'll have his one year out of high school, and then he'll come, to, come in on the draft. But moving on from, you know, the... Failure, that is my disappointment. No, I was going to go failure. Failure, You you were nicer about it with disappointment. I I was going to go with the failure, but disappointment, we can work that. Um, (laughs) Who who, who, who do you like in the finals? Give me me who you think is going to be your matchup um, out of the the East and the West. My finals pick actually might surprise you, man. I, uh, I like out of the East, I like the Heat, and I'm going to tell you why. I would have picked the Celtics. They just lost Robert Williams. He's going to be out like four to six weeks. I just don't think the Celtics can can hang with the Bucks and the Heat without him. Um, I think that the Heat, they've been hot all year. They've been the best team in the East all year. They're hot right now. They've won five straight. I just, I like the Heat to come out of the East. I just, I do. Um, for the West, give me the Suns. I, I think I think this is their year. They uh, only team to win 60 games all year. Um, CP3, he's just, he's running out of time, man. Uh, he's got to get it done now. You know, they, he he just missed a bunch of those games with, with the hand injury. Um, they went 11-4 and four without CP3. So they can play without him. Uh, since he came back, they're 4-3. and three. But let me tell you something. The one game, Booker sat out. The other game? CP3 still had 11 assists. Booker had 42 points. They lost to the Grizzlies. John Morant. That's not a bad loss. The so other I game, agree with the you. The other game, though. Hold on. The other game. CP3, Book, Aiton, and Crowder were all out. So they're 4-3 and three since he came back, but at least two of those games, Booker didn't even play. Oh, I'm not even worried about that seven-game stretch. I mean, I agree with you out of the West. I think it's the Suns. Um, I just don't think it's because CP3 is running out of time. I think I think Booker has finally arrived. Um, not that he had before, but um, watching interviews with him, watching him play, he's he's got that Kobe-esque feel, that Kobe-esque look. Oh, like he, does he? He's ready. Does he's ready to take on that next 
hurdle that next mountain and you know he doesn't look faced by any of it um so i definitely got the suns coming out of the west for me i think it's going to be a rematch in the nba finals i think it's going to be the bucks again i I think they've been there before i think they know what it takes um i think the celtics are too up and down and honestly i think even though the heat were the hottest team in the east you know that little bit of a meltdown towards the end and you know even though they're getting back there and winning games for for me I don't feel like the Heat have that one. Yes, I understand they've got, you know, DeMar Rosen, they've got Jimmy Butler, but they don't have a Giannis. They don't have the one person who can just take over a game when they need to. And I'm sorry, there's no well, time one out, in time the out, East. Time out. Did you just say the Heat have DeMar DeRozan? Oh, shit. He's, 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 yeah, he's with Chicago. Okay, he, I met Jimmy Butler. Sorry. Yeah. It's been Jimmy that Butler, Tyler Hero, yeah. Yeah, Kyle Lowry, me, going, I think Kyle Lowry was who you were thinking of. That's probably who I was yeah, thinking the of. Raptor, they, they, the Raptor. In, in, my de- yeah. in my defense, they do look alike. But anyways, <laughs> thank you for the fact check. For me, they just don't have the person that can take over a game. Yes, I love Kyle Lowry. Like, I, I love what he's about. I love Jimmy Butler. Always been a huge, huge Jimmy Butler fan. But at the end of the day, they don't have a Giannis. They don't have someone who can just take over the game and step on your throats when you need to. You're right. You're right. But here's why so I've got the Bucks and the Suns in the finals, and I think the Suns get it done this year. No argument. Six. No argument. Yeah, I like the Bucks in six as well. I no, or I'm sorry. You said the Bucks or the Suns? The Suns in six. Yes, I like the, the Suns. Suns I like the Suns. The yeah, I like the Suns as well. Sorry, I was looking at a looking at here the Bucks and uh, Heat actually split the season series this year. Believe it or not, um, and Giannis. But obviously, Giannis we have a, to talk. Giannis, hold on though. Giannis only scored the most points once out of those four games, so Giannis was not taking over games against the Heat, which is another reason why I like him because for some reason, somehow they're shutting him down. Somehow. I get it, but I mean, we can go back to Allen Iverson. You're talking about practice. Talk about the regular season. Did you see that man and the way he played in the postseason last year? Completely talking about regular season. Regular season. Just saying. Regular season. Completely different when you go seven-game series in the playoffs. But I I, I hear what you're saying. But obviously we can't uh, uh, let this topic go without talking about, you know, which I don't really know if you want to call them a sleeper because they have two of the biggest superstars on the planet, but the Brooklyn Nets. You know, um, what Katie and Kyrie are doing together now is just – stupid how they're playing together, um, the way they're playing off of each other. Um, I don't think anyone would be surprised if they get there, but at the same time, I I just don't think you can run those two the way you have minute-wise and expect them to take you to the promised land. Well, let me ask you this. As far as – I partially agree with that, but why not Kyrie? Why couldn't you do that? Why can't you run Kyrie as as, as long as you want? The man sat out half the year. He should be fresh. He should no, be ready to go. He I'm doesn't not, have I'm not saying, wear and tear in his body I'm, from this season. I'm not saying you can't run Kyrie. I'm not saying you can't run KD. I'm saying when you are depending on two players out of your entire team to take you to the promised land, even if they are Kevin Durant, which, let's be honest, he's already shown in the past how many years that he can't do it by himself. No, I mean, we've hey, seen, hey, We've hey, seen Kyrie. He, he we've tried seen, last we've year. Seen Kyrie. He tried. We've seen Kyrie 
choking big playoff moments. Kyrie hasn't exactly been the most consistent when it comes to playing and everything, even though he has the last couple weeks because that man has been balling. But for me, what it comes down to is the defense in the East. And I feel like the Heat, the Celtics, the Bucks, they have the defense to do it. Because I'm sorry, Kyrie Irving is not driving down the middle the way he has against Giannis. He's just not. No, no. But again, you move you move the ball around, you know, get some get some motion going through there. Take Giannis off the line. I mean, it, it's going to be all about matchups, you know. The 100%. Nets, that's the Nets what are going to have to – you forget they added uh, – not Steph, sorry, Seth Curry this year. So, you know, now you got Kyrie Irving, you got Seth Curry. By the way, both, uh, both Dukies. I don't know if you were aware of that or oh. not, but Kyrie Irving and Seth Curry both went to Don't court. really care. Well, just don't just really just saying. Just don't saying, really care. Yeah, you know, just wanted to make that known. Uh, but no, Even you, more of a reason. you have you have two great shooters. They have Joe Harris as well. Goran Dragic. Uh Bruce Brown's not a terrible shooter. I mean, he's not great. But... I mean, here's what I'm saying. Do I think they're going to get there? No. Would I be shocked if they did get there? Absolutely not. I mean, because KD is still KD and Kyrie is still Kyrie. I just feel like in the playoffs, when it comes down, because here's the thing, you also have to remember, yes, Kyrie may be a little bit fresh because he hasn't had to play. KD's still coming off an injury, and as it looks right now, For they're sure. still having to play an extra play-in game before they even get to the real part of the playoffs. No, they're they're definitely going to. They are definitely going to. Uh, what are they? They're... Three games back in the sixth spot, so they're definitely going to have a play-in game. There's only a couple, like a game or two left. So exactly. So for so for me, I just feel like that at some point is going to be what happens. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, and I, I just want to give KD a little shout out too. And you know, I've I've been a huge KD fan for a long, long time. Um, he's averaging the most points this season that he's averaged since he was 25 years old, when he averaged 32 with OKC. Oh yeah, that's, that's he's amazing. definitely taking over. Thirty-three years old, uh, he's averaging thirty points a game. I mean, and LeBron. 37. Well, he hasn't. Well, before Kyrie came back, he really didn't have a choice, did he? True, <laughs> that's very true. Really didn't have hey, a choice. Shout out to the old guys, though. Like they say, it's a young man's game, but LeBron and KD, they're they're proven otherwise, man. And it's 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 fun to see. I I love to see it. But you know, I think that's uh, I think that's gonna be about all for today, man. We wanted to keep this around forty-five minutes. We're at forty-six right now, so. I think we did a damn good job for the first time. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Whoever does end up listening to this, you know, we really well, appreciate uh, we'll it. We'll make sure to fact check a little bit better next time. So oh, no, apologies think, for the I fact think, checks. Yeah, hey, I think there's only one or two that we had to, you know, just DeMar DeRozan, you know. I'm from Illinois. I'm close to Chicago, so I obviously know he's with the Shout police. out Fred Van Bleet. Yeah, shout out Freddie V, um, 815. But, no, again, you know, we appreciate everybody for listening. Um, next week... Hopefully next week we'll try to get it around the same same time, Thursday, around you know early afternoon. Uh, but next week, like he, uh, John mentioned earlier, we're gonna do some Masters reviews, some Tiger Woods, you know how he ended up doing. Uh, which you never gave me a prediction, by the way. What is what was your prediction on Tiger? What do you think? What do you think he's gonna do? I do think he's gonna finish. I, I, I think he'll he'll hover around the top fifteen, top twenty. Okay. Yeah. Like like I said, I, I personally don't think he's gonna play after today. Um, just cause I just don't think he's going to want to go through the whole missing the cut, you know, or taking a, a cut spot from somebody. Um, but I, I think if he does play, I, I, he'll finish top 10 for sure. For sure. And then, and then we get to get into my favorite time of year, the NFL draft. 
Oh, boy. Yeah, we'll do some NFL draft preview. Maybe give our, uh, maybe our little, maybe let's do a little mock, uh, little mock top 10. How's that sound? Do a little mock Ooh, top 10. I like that little, little, little mock top 10. Yeah, I don't think the, I don't think the lottery or however they do. Yeah, no, they, and NFL doesn't do lottery. What am I talking about? No, they don't. They don't come on, lottery. That's, about. Yeah, that's NBA. You're better than that. Yeah, yeah. That. so we, we know who's picking who, uh, or picking where. Um, yeah, we'll do a little mock, uh, mock NFL draft next week, preview that. Start of the NBA playoffs, uh, they, like I said, they start Tuesday. We'll hopefully record this next Thursday, so, uh, yeah, man, it's gonna be fun. I, uh, I had fun. I did as well. Well, shout out to everyone who does listen, um, you know, this is hopefully the first of many episodes. Appreciate you guys, you know, being with us from the start. Uh, once again, my name is John, and I'm the Ebony. And my name is Nick, and I'm the Ivory. Thanks for listening.